You're listening to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you conversations for the health of all things. In these special episodes, I am joined by guests on the show to explore how the osteopathic concept presents in their lives and learn about their personal and professional stories. Ranging from osteopathic physicians to those familiar with osteopathic treatment to those associated with osteopathic medicine in a variety of settings, these conversations provide new perspective on lighting the way for the path to best health. Please note that while I am a physician and may interview other physicians, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. I know, right? (laughs) Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beeky, back for another episode of Conversations for the Health of All Things. On this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Michelle Quirk. She's a pediatrician living near Philadelphia who's also a run coach. Michelle helps make running easy and fun for busy professionals through her work at Mindful Marathon. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. Well, tell me about your story into medicine and into running. Well, uh, I think it starts out as, uh, well, I wasn't always a runner. (laughs) When I was a kid, I was the one huffing and puffing to get done with a mile. So (laughs) I was not an athlete. I was not a runner. um, But I, I had tried to run a lot of times and I quit a lot of times. And um, what changed for me about eight years ago, I, I lost my dad to cancer and I was going through a really rough time and decided that something really needed to change for both my physical health and mental health and kind of to practice what I was preaching clinically. And I decided to finally sign up for a local 5K. I had never done a race before. And I stuck with the training plan and ran the race. And really crossing the finish line, you would have thought I won an Olympic gold medal. (laughs) And I think I I may have gotten a little bit addicted to crossing finish lines. Like I really Mm -hmm. loved that feeling of accomplishment and the community of runners and so I've been a runner ever since then. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I came to coaching. Um, that was a little bit more recent, about three years ago. Um, and I think uh, that came out of a period of some burnout um, in my clinical job. And um, at the time, I was training for my first marathon. And so I don't think it's any accident that out of all of that, that Mindful Marathon was born, but it's kind of a a crazy story. (laughs) I love that. And so many interesting points throughout there. I think it's so important to notice that you didn't always run, right? And that it's possible to have been someone who didn't run and to now become someone who runs marathons. How do you bring that in when you're working with your clients? I think that a lot of people have this thought that they aren't a runner or that they can't be a runner, um, that they see runners out there and think that it has to be painful, that they have to be fast, that they have to, that they have to run marathons or, um, you know, be fast enough to qualify for the Boston marathon. I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, just a lot of interesting thoughts around running. And I think it's off the radar for a lot of people that they just don't think that it's possible for them. And so I like to tell my story just as an example that, that you don't have to be any of those things, <laughs> that it's fine if you walk, it's fine if you're slow, it's fine if you're not 
a size zero and if you don't have a six pack and you can still get out there and achieve your goals. And I like to focus on, on celebrating everybody's current level of fitness, wherever that, that is, even if they're starting from the couch, because you can, you can go far. (laughs) Yeah. And that's so helpful to notice that you get to define what running is. Right. And it doesn't have to look one certain way. It doesn't require any certain distance, but you get to create that for yourself. Exactly. And I love the confessional, right? Addicted to finish lines. Tell me a little bit about both parts. So there's the finish line and there's the process, right? And is a finish line required in your program to qualify for being a runner? No. And I think that COVID may have taught all of us this, uh, <laughs> at least so far, because at the beginning of this pandemic, um, a lot of my runners and, and me too, <laughs> we, were, we were a little bit confused as to what to do. Our, our goals got shifted and the finish lines were all erased, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to shift to having different goals and still be motivated. And I, I love to say that even though these races are canceled, running isn't canceled. And I think all of us have found our, our love for the sport again, maybe during this time, because there aren't finish lines. So I think if you don't enjoy, you know, if you don't enjoy the process, then I'm not sure what we're, what we're doing it for. So Mm -hmm. at first I think I was, I loved um, the feeling of the, of being at the finish line, but you don't necessarily need one to, to get, get so much out of the process. Absolutely. That's so powerful because we think the finish line is the thing, right? But it's whatever we think about ourselves crossing it. And if it is that I've accomplished something, I showed up for myself, that can still be available even on your walk around around your neighborhood each and every day. Exactly. So helpful. And the gifts of the pandemic, right? So to reframe that. (laughs) And how has that caused you to shift how you're engaging with your clients? If it isn't right, a training plan that often leads toward a specific race, has that changed the way that you're actually framing out the work that they're doing? Yeah, uh, we, we've just taken a deep dive into everyone's personal goals, whatever they may be. And maybe they have a, a race distance that's, that's on their radar, but that, you know, it doesn't really lend itself to a virtual race. Like it's really hard to do really long races in your neighborhood. I mean, I applaud everybody who, who's running half marathons and marathons and ultra marathons in their <laughs> neighborhoods, but mm-hmm. it's not for everybody. So we put some of those those finish line goals on the back burner and just focused on maybe gaining some base training and endurance and, and working on going back to the basics a little bit and why we're running in the first place. Um, Some people have done time trials, which is sort of like a virtual race, but maybe working on speed for a shorter distance rather than running, you know, a a longer endurance event or uh, focusing on cross training. A lot of people Mm -hmm. have, um, started cycling and and doing other things, um, just to increase their fitness and become an all around athlete. So we we've done all sorts of different things. We got creative (laughs) during this pandemic, which has been kind of fun. I think that's so helpful to give ourselves permission and as a longtime runner, turn triathlete, turn more CrossFit athlete. Sometimes if that's what you're doing, you just do that all the time. And you almost don't want to take away a day of running to give to something else. But during this time, you think, oh, well, maybe I have plenty of time to run, right? <laughs> I can just keep running all the time. And it gives you permission to do that. Have you noticed that during the pandemic, particularly? Yeah, I think so. I, I think um, it's been interesting to 
see how uh, the structure of workouts has changed a little bit. So instead of someone wanting to run maybe five or six days a week, they're maybe only running two or three days a week and doing other things on the other days. But we found that really, I mean, in my very small sample size, <laughs> that all of that cross-training seems to be helping the running and they're enjoying it more. So mm -hmm. there's something to be said about that. And as a triathlete, you know, <laughs> the benefits of all of that cross-training and each of those sports helps the other one so much. Absolutely. So <laughs> the enjoyment factor, I think, is so important to notice as well. You know, so like you said, they might be running less, but when they do run, right, they really enjoy it. And I've experienced that myself, whether it's coming back from injury or if you do have this designated one or two days a week that you run, you savor it almost, right? It's not just here I go again, right? This task that I'm doing mm -hmm. is, oh, I'm choosing this and this is the day. You know, we can build that excitement into something that's been usually maybe a more mundane, right, part of our experience, I think um, I'm guilty of really falling into a trap of really sticking to a training plan. Like I love to have a training plan and follow it to a T. I think, you know, we're all a little bit type A, especially in mm -hmm. medicine. So I, it's been nice to maybe take a step back from that training plan and have a little more flexibility to do other things and feel like I can do those other things. So even personally, I, there's been a freedom here, not, not having um, a race on the, on the calendar that I have to run a certain amount of miles a week for. It's been nice. <laughs> Absolutely. When I hear in there, we talk about structure and function and the interrelationship in osteopathic medicine. And we can see, right, a structured training plan can get you to that function of achieving a certain goal. But if the function or the goal might be joy, right, it might mean shifting that structure a little bit and actually putting some more freedom in there. And so both have their place, right? We can have a really dedicated, focused way of being. And right now, especially, we're called to be flexible with what's changing. And so it's okay, right, to loosen the reins and actually bring up the function of enjoyment in a different way. I love that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, and thank you for sharing your story, how you have supported yourself, like you said, mind, body, spirit with your running after the passing of your dad. Can you help guide our listeners or how you help work with your clients to acknowledge that running is more than just, right? your legs taking you forward on pavement? Yeah. Um, when I first started running and really stuck with it around that time, I was only going maybe five or 10 minutes around the block. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I found that it just, it helped to clear my head of a lot of thoughts. Um, a lot of, a lot of, it was a, a rough time all around. Um, I had just finished my residency and moved to a new place, started a new job, peds boards, like everything kind of happened at once. My dad was sick during that time. So there was just a lot of other stuff going on. And I found that this five or 10 minutes that I took for myself was just, it gave me a lot of clarity and peace. And I started to really enjoy those, those minutes by myself. And it just increased from there very slowly. I, <laughs> 10 mm -hmm. minutes, 15, 20. So even if people think that maybe five or 10 minutes isn't really much, it, it does grow into a lot more and, and it can start with just that little bit, but I, I love the feeling. Um, I get sometimes this feeling of clarity and peace and sometimes I get really good thoughts while I run too. So it just depends mm -hmm. on the day, <laughs> what, yeah. what way it's going to go. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a really nice experience, especially if you ditch your headphones and, um, you're out in nature Mm -hmm. um, you can just focus on your foot, the sound of your footfalls or 
the wind in the trees and things like that. So I, I really love that peaceful feeling. <laughs> Absolutely. And that connection to yourself while you're out there. And I think both are options, right? Sometimes we do multitask and listen to a book or a podcast while you run and that has its place. And also leaving the headphones at home. I think that's such an important opportunity and to just run even then on intuition, right? Just run for as long as you're able and turn around and come home when you're ready and noticing that it is the opportunity to check in with yourself. And do you notice with your clients or with yourself, the difference between like running away, right? When you're having an unpleasant emotion and you try to escape it through running versus processing it through running. Do you notice when that happens for you or for your clients and how maybe they could tap into that to be more supportive of themselves? Yeah, I think um, exercise can definitely be used to buffer an emotion, um, especially like anger. I know I have a lot of runners who will just get very frustrated or angry and say, I need to, I need to just go for a run. Um, and I think, you know, of all of the things that we could do, that's probably a, at least a somewhat healthy way to deal with it, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it would be better to use it as a way to process it and just, um, sit with that feeling, run with the feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, usually by the time I always say it's never, you know, you never come back from a run and say that was a bad idea, or at least mm -hmm. I've never had that feeling. Like maybe when you tie your sneakers on, you think, oh, this I don't really feel like it today, but when you get back, usually all of those feelings have been processed, but it does, it does take some work. I don't think you can just start out that way, but over time, um, definitely I, I use it as a way to, to process, to process feelings as well, especially yeah. negative ones. <laughs> like you said, it's still an option, even if you are just running through or from something to yep. <laughs> use that, right? Cause you, you at least tap into your nervous system, right? You breathe it out, your heart rate goes up. So you're moving something through your body. And like you said, a more constructive choice than many others and the invitation to actually spend some time with the feeling while you run. And like you mentioned, getting so many good thoughts when you're running yeah. or just new thoughts. And do you ever, I just actually saw a post on this recently. If you do have your phone with you, do you ever dictate someone was saying that they get their best thoughts on their run and they want to keep track of them either. Right. I imagine when you're running might be hard, but perhaps and that cool down walk, right. Once you've finished the actual distance. I usually will write everything down as soon as I get back. I haven't dictated it on the run, but <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was when new I to back, me. I thought, oh. I write it down that. in my training <laughs> journal really fast. <laughs> mm -hmm. But one thing I, um, going back to this idea of processing emotions and being in touch with yourself, I tried to teach my athletes how to do a body scan. So maybe, uh, you know, a couple weeks into a training plan, just put a, a run on there where you don't really pay attention to your pace. Once, once they know how to go at a conversational pace and an easy pace, we do a body scan and try to go head to toe and just kind of tap into how all of the, the body parts are feeling, are breathing. And it's, it's a cool experience. Like once you get to that point and you can do that almost as an exercise once every couple mm -hmm. weeks, it's just kind of neat. So I try to teach everybody that. I think that's so important. And for me as a lifelong exerciser in lots of different ways, I always associate a body with really that external superficial piece, right? The musculoskeletal system and how strong you are, how fast you are, what power you have, but also body is right. The feeling of feelings in all those different systems at play and integrating that, we talk about integrating body, mind, and spirit, but also integrating the body in all the different ways it does express itself. I love that you offer that opportunity for people to see. What do they notice? And 
if they are tracking their pace, does it make a difference? For me, sometimes I'll think when I'm running on intuition that I'm going really slow and actually I've gone much faster, right? Because I'm not as focused on it. I kind of just let things, let things go. Do you notice anything around that? Uh, one thing my, my coach taught me was to put a sticker over my watch. So that's what I usually do. And when I used to do this exercise, I would have these thoughts too, where I'm, oh, I'm going too fast. I'm going too slow. I'm going too fast. I think that's totally normal, but <laughs> mm-hmm. over time, it's, it's really a great exercise to learn the pace that you're supposed to be training at. Like we'll call them, you know, blind runs or running on just intuition, but, um, but it's really helpful. And I think people have noticed where they might be sore or tight, like, um, by the end of it, like, Oh, you know, my hamstrings might need some extra stretching or my glutes, the left seems, you know, a little bit weaker than the right. Like, it's really interesting if you take away all the other sensory stuff, especially like, uh, headphones, <laughs> podcast or music, mm-hmm. and you focus on, on the body and how it's feeling, you can really learn a lot about um, what muscles might need some extra work when you get back. I think that's been the most interesting thing for people. And then also the pace too, especially if they they run near the, the pace that they were thinking they should be at, they're always very excited. <laughs> yeah, good reinforcement. Tell me mm-hmm. about the training journal. So you use that for yourself and is that a tool that your clients use as well? And you don't have to give away all the trade secrets, but I'm curious how that implemented for... Yeah preparing for running? Um, I think there's different versions for, for everyone. Um, I started just jotting down things like, um, the weather, you know, what the workout is, what the weather was, and a few words about how I felt, you know, very hot today, (laughs) felt Mm -hmm. very slow, just something Mm -hmm. very, very simple. But, um, what's been really interesting is over time, um, to see certain, um, not maybe injuries, but if there's soreness and what, what workout that followed, like just to look back in the history. Um, and it can be helpful from an injury prevention standpoint too. So Mm -hmm. I do recommend that everybody keep a journal of some sort, whether that is like a physical book that people write in, or, um, they can write it. I have a little spot. I make a spreadsheet and there's a little Mm -hmm. spot for notes from the athlete and notes from the coach. So they can just write a couple of little things. It doesn't have to be long, but Mm -hmm. it just, um, it helps also to figure out a level of effort. So I like to teach runners, um, a level of effort scale. And so I'll just ask, you know, when you get back from your run, give that run a number one to 10 on the effort Mm -hmm. scale. So see where we are. Are we noticing that over a week, are we falling a little bit, you know, are we going too fast? That's really the the most common problem. We're going too fast and we need to pull back or is the effort level too high and things are hurting Then we need to pull back. So it's um, just a a lot of feedback from both the athlete and the coach. It's just one other tool to be able to get people optimized for, for where they're at with their current fitness. Mm -hmm. And I hear there's so many opportunities that you could apply beyond running as well, right? Just being able to tune into yourself and know what was too much. And that could be for our schedule in the day, right? How many responsibilities are we taking on? Like, how are we tuning into ourselves and making better decisions for our sustainability going forward. So lots of lessons for life beyond running within there as well. One that I really appreciated, and you mentioned when you get your thoughts and putting them down, that could be a great prompt, right? So this physical engagement, rubbing everything up, and then you come home and it's like, what else? You know, what are my ideas? (laughs) What thoughts am I having? What stressors am I processing? Do you use that quite a bit where you actually delve a little bit deeper and explore thoughts after a run? Is that common or just when it comes up? you know, naturally in the moment. 
Yeah, I, I use that a lot. I use that as my time for like a thought download um, mm-hmm. and just kind of get everything out on paper. And I love to have all the ideas there because then I can look back, you know, in a few days and say, well, I don't know if that one was such a great idea, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at least I have a whole book of these ideas, which is really, which is really fun, but it's mm-hmm. very insightful. Um, you can kind of see where your energy is, is being spent Um, and it's also interesting too, like based on sleep and nutrition and all of that stuff. And, um, based on what time of day you run, like, I really like to run in the morning and I know if I do a workout later on in the day, I usually feel a little more sluggish. I don't know if Mm -hmm. it's having to do with just being tired from the rest of the day or maybe, um, having some food in my stomach versus not, but, but it's just interesting because everybody is different and we're all an experiment of one, but <laughs> keeping the journal helps you really figure out what works best for you. Absolutely. And so tell me more about the name mindful marathon. And we've heard some keys to that, but how did you come upon that? And how does that translate? If someone might only be ready, right. For the walk around the block. Yeah, I think um, this came out of my love for the marathon distance, but (laughs) I certainly don't think that everyone needs to run a marathon. But um, after I ran that first marathon, I I just fell more in love with the sport. And that's when I really started reading more about run physiology. And my coach really um, inspired me to kind of take it to the next level. And um, that's when I started writing training plans for friends and family. It was really after that race. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then I wanted to bring in the mindfulness aspect because to me, it's, it's definitely more than a pace or a finish time or any particular race. It's more of a lifestyle. And so that's, and and I liked the alliteration of the M and the M. And since my name is Michelle, this all seems to fit together. (laughs) I fully support all of these reasons. (laughs) So helpful. And I think too, you know, marathon means a distance, but we can also give it bigger meaning, you know, and so investing in that long journey, right. And health for ourselves can be a marathon in a good way. We often think of marathon, like, oh my gosh, you know, insurmountable distance, but instead like this really lengthy and meaningful investment. So I think that's such a helpful way to phrase and frame it. Yes. What I love hearing in here (laughs) is that the run coach has a coach. And so we often think, you know, you've arrived, like, why would you have a coach? And I often reference, you know, many elite athletes have eight coaches, you know, and so we don't stop needing a coach because we're able to coach ourselves. And can you expand a little more on that? Yeah. Um, so my coach, I reached out to this, this person. Um, let's see, that was about four years ago. Um, I reached out with a simple question. I was using a run walk method for training for longer distance races, like half marathons. And I had signed up for the broad street run, which is this really fun (laughs) 10 mile run in Philadelphia. And I had this goal that I wanted to run it continuously. I didn't want to use the run walk training method. Not that there was anything wrong with it. I was just trying, trying out something new. So I had asked him this question and it kind of opened Pandora's box. Like it took me almost six months to email him the question because I thought, well, you know, this guy is, he's really fast. He's a very accomplished runner. I don't know why he would want to help me. I'm very slow. (laughs) I'm doing run walk, you know, anyway. 
these were all, I realized later on that this was all ridiculous. And of course, Mm -hmm. what my running experience was. So I learned the value of having a customized training plan from him that was really um, targeted to my current fitness. And it turns out that I, I not only ran that race, like it was, it was just the most wonderful experience. I, I enjoyed it so much more and running became so much easier for me. And I think that's really what I learned from him. I mean, I became a student of the sport because, because of him. And so definitely, um, I think that having, having a coach, all of the coaches know this, but <laughs> coaches help you identify your blind spots. And even though I thought I was doing a fine job following these training plans online and I was, um, you know, meeting my goals and crossing finish lines, when I started working with a coach who really understood my schedule and my body and beer and more enjoyable. So um, I've written my own training plans for certain things, but, but I still reach out to him um, quite often for help. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's so important, right? We can still keep growing and learning in the same in the practice of medicine, right? We can get certified and trained, but we can always collaborate and we can always learn more from one another. And it's often possible. And tell me about the runners who you do coach. Are they at all levels of training? Do you have those faster runners and the beginners in your programs? Yeah, I've coached all different levels. I think that um, I mostly work with beginners or I would say advanced beginners, <laughs> usually people who are a little bit experienced in the sport, but maybe want to run a longer distance that they have been maybe a little too afraid to try, or they're just not sure how to go about it. But I've coached quite a few people to their first new distance, which is always really exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's an automatic PR if you've never had that, you've never run that distance before. So it's always really exciting. But, but I love to um, help people who think that they aren't runners or that they couldn't be runners to really realize that the sport is available to them. And that's, that's really the, the most wonderful thing. And then that it becomes a consistent part of their life. That that's amazing. Yeah. And I love for me, the idea, you know, the inherent self-healing capacity or capacity for health and self-regulation in osteopathic medicine, showing people what they're capable of. If they had all this within them, they just needed to have it released or someone remind them or support them or encourage them, but it's theirs, right? It's theirs to own and it's their work to do, but it's their victory as well. And so I love hearing that in you encouraging everyone, right? To this new achievement, whether that's one more minute of running or a 50K or whatever it is that comes up for them. How do you notice that when people do make that achievement? Are they able to recognize and acknowledge you know, that it's theirs and take ownership of that? I think so. I think most people are very, I feel this way as well with my coach. I, I don't think he was ever surprised when I would reach a certain goal. I was shocked, of course, but he was like, well, that's what, you know, that's what the math sort of <laughs> predicted, but I just didn't believe it until I did it myself. And now I'm finding that as a coach has, it's wonderful because then they just set more and more goals for themselves. So it's really a wonderful thing. I love it. And tell me about how this coordinates with, or do you see integration with your practice in medicine? Do you see these concepts, you know, coming into your practice? Is there any benefit you notice for your patients? I know who can be on the younger side, but we still have young runners or maybe their parents. Do you notice any overlap there? Well, I always am encouraging my patients and their families to walk. So especially with the pandemic, I've seen a lot of growth charts, um, 
a lot of weight and BMI charts that are really um, a little bit scary from everybody being at home and eating a lot of snacks and not getting a lot of exercise or just people afraid to really leave their houses and, and do very much. So I am always, I, I think with almost every patient encounter, I'm always encouraging family walks that I feel like everybody can walk. And so I'm not always telling everyone to run around the block, but certainly trying to get people moving. And, and I, I tell them the same thing. Um, you know, you may not think that five minutes or 10 minutes a day is much, but you can start there and work up from there. So I kind of make it like a prescription, like I'm giving you the coach Michelle walk plan Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm giving it to you and your mom and dad and, and, um, everybody else in the house can go and do it too. So just trying to keep kids active. I was a girls on the run coach, Mm -hmm. um, pre-pandemic. So hopefully that will come back, but I love to get kids moving and, and see, um, all that comes through with, with sports, but it's been hard with all, with this going on right now to get, to keep kids motivated to, to move and exercise. Yeah. And how do you handle, so living near Philadelphia, running in all the seasons, you know, so do you find resistance to that? If folks are saying it's rainy or it's snowy, how do you encourage them that running is still accessible in that time, especially right now, right? When the indoor option may not be available. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are resistant to running in the rain and in the cold. <laughs> um, really it's a matter of equipment. Um, I don't mind running in the cold as long as it's not very icy out. I probably won't, won't go out if it's icy, but, um, we just talk about how to really, uh, gear up appropriately so that you're warm and protected. Um, and also visible <laughs> if you're running in the dark in the morning and things like that. I, I like running in the rain. Um, I find it can be very peaceful. I mean, I won't go out in a thunderstorm, but we just talk about the elements and how it's, it's possible. But if people are really opposed to it, then we just take the rainy days as cross-training days or strength training days and work it in that way. But I tried to convince everybody to get out in all the elements. <laughs> right. There's always ways to keep moving. Yeah. And so for you, one thing I'd like to cover, and this has happened for me, is injury. And if you had to face that and how you help folks come through recovery, you know, because that's both physical and a lot of mindset management. That's from my personal experience. And I'd love to hear your you know, take on that. Hopefully not a lot of personal experience, but maybe how you've helped others go through that. Yeah, I've had two injury experiences. One was not running related at all. I just tripped and kind of sprained my ankle while weeding my vegetable garden. But that, that really set me back. I was in a boot for quite a while and had to go to physical therapy. And from personal experience, I have to say, I felt very sorry for myself for quite a while. I thought that I was going to lose all of the fitness that I had gained in the previous training cycle. And I was doing so well. And then here comes this setback and it wasn't even running related. And so Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of energy feeling sorry for myself. And I realized after that whole experience, yes, it, it took me out of running for a couple of months, but when I finally got back to it, my fitness was, was there. Mm -hmm. And again, credit to my coach. He gave me all of the math and said, you know, based on your time off and you know how many weeks you take to get back to it like your fitness will be there it's not as bad as as you're making it out to be 
Mm-hmm. And he was right. <laughs> yeah. So I can use this experience to tell others. And now I've had another injury that was running related and I was out again for a couple of months, mm-hmm. but I have the tools now to better manage that. And I, there's other things that I can do to keep up my endurance and my aerobic fitness. And I did a lot of cycling through the last injury and I found that that really helped. It really did not um, take too much of a a hit with my running fitness when I got back to it. So there's just a, as you said, it's a mindset shift because there are things we can do to keep our physical fitness there, but there's something about running that the other sports, you know, it's just different. And so of course, when, when you're injured, it's, it's hard, it's hard to be, out and sidelined <laughs> and, and not an active participant, but it also makes you appreciate being able to do it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, a really great thing once you get back to it. Um, and it's a lesson to be kind to ourselves and that if things are hurting or sore, that we really need to pay attention to that so that we don't get to the point where we have to be out for months and months. It's better to take a couple of days off and rest and recover rather than, you know, to not set yourself up for success. So I can advise people, um, with, with injuries. Usually I have my own set of rules to, as far as soreness and when to take rest and recovery, um, I'm pretty conservative that way. Like if anything is bothering anyone, I usually (laughs) would vote for a rest day. But um, as we were talking before, a lot of people seem to need permission sometimes if they're following a training plan, they want to have permission to say, okay, (laughs) I need to rest. Um, And that's fine. But, but I think, um, yeah, being sidelined is never fun, but once we get back to it, um, we appreciate it that much more. Absolutely. And I think that's so important to notice that those two examples you have, you know, that parallel to say, look how much more I suffered during this time when I also beat myself up about it, you know, lamenting all my loss of fitness. So injury, right, still can be frustrating. We don't have to punish ourselves doubly with all that kind of mindset, guilt, shame, you know, regret about being in that space. Exactly. Well, this has been such a great conversation. And I'd love to learn from you how you see yourself for the health of all things. I think that for the health of all things, I, I just would love for everybody to embrace um, wellness as a lifestyle, physically, mentally. It's, it's all of those things, um, just a wellness. And if I can share that lifestyle with others, then, then I, feel, I feel so good about that, about my purpose. <laughs> Excellent. And tell my listeners where they can find you if they'd like to learn more about your training programs and follow what it is you're doing. Oh, yeah. Um, You can find me on my website. That's probably the best place. It's mindful-marathon.com. And if anybody is starting from the couch, there is a free walk plan on there. It's a one-month walk plan that can get you started. And it's, it's a little training plan, so you can get yourself started there. And you can also find me on Facebook at Mindful Marathon or on Instagram, it's mindful.marathon. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. That's a great resource. So many good tidbits in here that people can take with them, both into running and into life. Thanks for the work that you do. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a great talk. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of This Osteopathic Life, Conversations for the Health of All Things. 
please take a moment to like, rate, and review the podcast. And if you would like to be featured as a guest or know someone who you'd like to nominate as a guest for an episode, please let me know at thisosteopathiclife at gmail.com. Visit the website at thisosteopathiclife.com or visit me on Instagram and Facebook at This Osteopathic Life. Thank you so much for listening.